0: Uh, we need it. Right. We'll See you later. Bye. <sighs> Holy shit! Guess what? Laura and I are in the same room. In the
1: same room, recording a podcast for the first time ever. In the same room for the third time ever. Yeah. Oh, look! Look. That's me. Look. See that skin? <laughs> Check out that melanin in mine. <laughs> okay. Ready. One. Two,
0: three. Welcome to Pushing Past Polite. I'm Corey.
1: What do we do here?
0: I don't know. (laughs) Welcome to Pushing Past Polite, where we talk about what matters and make the world more just. I'm Laura. I'm Corey. We're so glad
1: you're here. We're so glad to be in the same place We're without children and get to have dinner together. <laughs> Life is good. Now, uh, if you could have seen us for the last 45 minutes. If you're happy and, you know, clap your hands. <laughs> I didn't even follow directions well. Um, the room, the way we had to contort rooms and hook things up, and Keith and echoing sounds—I would think that being in the same room
0: was easier. Yeah, it's not. It's not because it's not designed for this, right? Right. And yeah. so, if we were in a space that was designed for podcasting, then a podcast studio, it'd probably hopefully be a little easier. I would, I would hope, but it's worth it. We it is worth it.
1: It's luckily one of us weighs about two pounds, and I can just sit her up on the shelf, and she could organize get everything. Am I in frame? You know, if I it, set on that it's thing, it's good. We're together. I know we're recording together in the same space. We are. Um, yeah, we had an occasion to to get together at our shared office for a meal, a function, a company function, and we said block your calendar off off the books, of course. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, time to get together so here we are what
0: do you want to talk about today so we have so many things to talk about but one of the things i definitely want to talk about is what it's like going to the doctor Hmm. yes yes uh recently i had to go to the doctor i had to take my son to his checkup and then to urgent care and your family's been sick and you know, after you turn 40, there are certain kinds of things that you have to do regularly. And, um, I find, and I have conversations with my other friends about this too. It's like writing things down and then like being prepared to go to the doctor is like a whole thing.
1: Yes. I develop an agenda because I'm afraid yeah. in combination of mom brain and will I remember to ask this. As well as like in those moments, sometimes my anxiety is just high, Yeah, right? We're talking about things that aren't comfortable or, um, yeah, I'm, I'm rushing or, you know, you get out the door and you think of something else you want to say, I, same thing. I try to pre-plan it and put it in my little notes. Uh Here's, here's a bump over here. Here's a rat, you know, whatever it is. Prescription for this. Is this going to interact with that?
0: And things like if. It happens some of the time, and not all of the time. Inevitably, Inevitably it will not happen when, it, you when go you're to at the doctor. The doctor or whatever was going yes. on will not be happening. When That's it exactly was, right. Yeah, right. And I have so, a story about that. I have several stories about that. Tell but me. yes, but then there are things that you go to the doctor for, and they are still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, one of the things we were talking about is, like, I've been losing a lot of weight, and I would say not purposefully, not purposefully, in like the last six months i've probably lost like eight to ten pounds
1: yeah and all joking aside about weight loss right like that's yeah a significant percentage of your body yeah you're not trying
0: right feels a little strange it feels a little strange and it has been feeling a little strange but when i weighed myself this morning and so i went to the doctor a couple of weeks ago because i uh it was uncomfortable to sit down hmm. and it has been like that for a long while and um Often, you know, with childbirth, you things go on down there, hemorrhoids, all kinds of stuff happens, right? So like so, soft tissue, not muscle or bone, not, like, uh, not like bones. Not like bones, yeah. And so I was thinking, you know, I had two babies in two years, and so like my body is still... That would impact uh, the nether regions. Return, Yeah, returning back to itself and, you know, reabsorbing organs are moving back into place and things like that. But it's been two years since I had my last person mm-hmm. and it was like i would be rocking him and it would be very uncomfortable while i was holding him rocking him and so i went to the doctor and it turns out i have a cyst mm. and um but before we got to that part i wait you know they take your height your weight your blood pressure all of these we things talk about how anxiety inducing
1: that is just at the very start they could get that same data midway through the appointment and yeah it would be- Little less scary, yeah, it's like, hi, welcome, you are your number. yeah, this is your number you're, you're, this is how you're evaluated.
0: right. It's like a
1: system that they use an efficiency style system, mm-hmm. right but it really makes a lot of people particularly women uncomfortable.
0: yeah, side note, um like I said, I've been to the doctor a couple of times, and I was supposed to get a flu shot, and I still haven't gotten a flu shot because of the the inefficiency and the efficiencies mm. which kind of is interesting, but anyway um so they at the doctor they have tables that will weigh you so you sit down they do all your stuff and the table's weighing you and so um i've never seen that that's pretty cool yeah when they ha this is like old technology to be honest my they it at the vet's office yeah right the dogs climb on the scale why can't they do that for me exactly um and so like my weight was down but When my doctor came in and saw that my weight was down, she immediately praised me for it. Mm. Right. Versus seeing this as a potential medical red flag. Right. She was like, oh, your weight's down, but it's, you know, it's in the range. That's healthy and, you know, whatever. I was like, yeah. I was like, but I haven't been trying. I did tell her that. I was, and she was like, okay.
1: Not concerned. Not really. Didn't ask any questions.
0: Didn't seem concerned about it. Hmm. Um. But in that time, I've lost more weight. And so um, I have been concerned about this the whole time. Like I've been telling, I've told you about it and my husband about it when it was just like, I've shifted my eating a little, but I'm still eating really regularly. Um, I just saw
1: you have a very healthy plate of food and you just mentioned you were hungry again. Yeah. Which given the data of the weight loss...
0: It's interesting.
1: It's like, what is absorbing this that my body is not?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So the idea, though, is like having to advocate for yourself. Because when I went, there were three things I want to talk about. One was my my sitting situation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My pain in the ass. My pain in the ass.
0: (laughs) The pain in my ass. The other was I've been experiencing just like lightheadedness mm. in randomly or when i'll stand up and i'll just be kind of dizzy or like right now i'm sitting here right now and i feel lightheaded mm. and um and i had talked about that the last time i had seen my doctor and again she didn't seem that concerned and i don't think that she, there's that there's anything wrong i need to go do some blood work and we'll keep kind of investigating but it i feel like these days it's much more necessary for me to advocate for myself than when I was younger going to the doctor, Hmm. right? Is it because it's assumed that at our age, things
1: just are weird? Maybe. Huh. Do you, let me ask you a question if you don't mind my, well,
0: you can decide if you want to answer. Um, Do you trust your provider?
1: Do you have a good rapport with your provider? Do you feel like she listens and cares? I
0: think so. And I'm going to give you a really good example about why. So several years ago, I was having allergy issues okay right and and yes i remember yes. and um for those of you who don't know me i love food <laughs> um but i also love like shellfish yep. seafood crawfish boils we have we have annual couple, crawfish yeah. boils and so in i think 2017 or 2018 i we were doing a crawfish boil i had this reaction and so i thought i had a shellfish allergy and so i went and saw a, a allergist and they did like the skin prick test for the shellfish. And it came back negative because it's like an anaphylactic response. But within an hour, my eyes were puffy. I had um welts on my neck and I was leaving town and I, I left town. So you had already left the office. The, yeah. the allergy
1: test was yeah, over. It was
0: over. And so I was sending her pictures of this like these. This swelling on my face, this swelling on my neck. And I was, like I said, I was out of town. So I was literally just living on Benadryl. Mm. And she was like, Well, if it doesn't subside, you may have to go to an emergency room.
1: Mm. Not what you want to do out of town either. Not
0: what I want to do out of town. And so, like, in that experience, I really felt like my provider wasn't listening to me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I was, I was like, This is when I'm having this. I eat shellfish. I'm having a reaction, it may not be a a reaction to the shellfish itself, but something in this food is causing a reaction in my body. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like... And a delayed reaction. And a delayed reaction. And my dad, who is a retired physician, was like, yeah, there's different kinds of allergies and they, you know, we have anaphylactic, which people, you know, you need an EpiPen for. They can be extremely dangerous, like, you know, throat closing, fast acting acting kind of thing. But then there's other ones that kind of metabolize and and whatever. So when I was with my primary care physician, I was telling her about my experience from
1: 20, just visit.
0: 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. This is five years ago. And she pulled up my um, medical record and was like shocked mm-hmm. who the doctor was that I had this experience with. She was like, not her. That person's wonderful. Yeah, she was like, I totally assumed it was another doctor because I hear all the time about this other doctor. I can't believe it's this doctor. And she, and so she was trying to make me an appointment with an allergist. That's what my primary care doctor was doing. Mm. And she was like, she has an appointment today in like 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Um, She's like, but if you don't want to go to her, you could. I'll. I was like, no, this was five years ago. Our lives are different. Our bodies are different, and your give them another chance. Yeah, your perspective about her way that she gives care is very positive. So, like, I'm willing to give another chance. It's like literally across the hallway.
1: Yeah, I can make it. I can make it. I got this. Yeah, like I got this. Mm -hmm.
0: And so, but when I got in the room with the allergist, you could tell that my primary care doctor advocated for you, spoken to her, Mm. and that. Allergist. That doctor didn't let me leave until because I almost left like three times the appointment. Mm. Not mad or anything, mm. but just like we were talking, it felt like we weren't going to resolve it again. But she didn't let me leave. Let she, me check one more thing. Yeah, let me she try. kept yeah. asking questions. What kind of food do you like? When are you noticing this? Da, 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 da. And so as we kept talking, we were talking about family and kids and food and eating and all these kinds of things. She was like, OK, well, let's do some blood work and let's test for this thing, because you were saying how you love um, different styles of Asian food and Japanese and Chinese. And oftentimes they have soy sauce in a lot of their food and you react to the soy. And so let's see if you have a soy allergy. And so now I have a short list of things that they're going to run tests on in my blood. Yeah. Um, but I had to, you know, not be taking any antihistamines or anything like that to, so before I, out. So I had to wait sure. out. Um, but like you could tell that my primary care doctor spoke with her mm-hmm. because she wanted me to have a really positive experience. The yes. allergy, the allergist mm-hmm. did. You could. I could just feel the difference. And so for that, I really appreciate both of them. Yes. Because my doctor didn't have to do that. But that was she. That was the right thing to do. And the other doctor, she didn't have to keep probing, but she wanted me to have an experience where I felt like I was being heard. Feels re- really redeeming after the first experience mm-hmm. you had too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: okay, it's good to know that you generally trust your provider too. Yeah,
0: I think that's really important. Yeah, especially yeah. And that was like a long story for the short answer of uh- yes. But that I wanted to, like, give an example of, like, why. Yes. You know what How I mean? How they showed up How for How they showed up for me. I get that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm still trying to find... Do you trust your provider? Do I trust my provider? Well. Um, I trusted... There was a provider I had that was the best I've ever had. Same. Who... Um, you to
0: <laughs> you to best. She,
1: she truly was.
0: motherfucking best. <laughs> best I've ever had.
1: I love it. Um, she... Uh, well, just like we said, how sometimes things don't show up when you actually have the appointment. I had this weird sore throat. You know, sometimes you feel your for your glands when they're swollen. Yeah, and you're like... And it wasn't up here. The more I felt, it was low. Ooh. And so I'm feeling low in my, like, base of my neck, you know, above my sternum kind of thing. And of course, you go to Dr. Google, and it says you're dying of thyroid course, always, cancer. You're always dying. Dying of thyroid right. cancer. So, of course, I knew I'm not worried. It's, you know, the likelihood of it being cancer is, oh, but so slim. Yeah. I'll just, you know, I'll make an appointment. Well, I make an appointment. The, the pain goes away. I was like, "Oh, do I still go? Do I not go? Let me still go. This just feels like yeah. something I need to check out." Yeah. So I go to this provider, this primary care provider, who was lovely, and she asked lots of good questions. She's examining me physically; doesn't feel anything. She said, "But out of a, out of an abundance of caution, let's. Just- I want you to do an ultrasound." she sends me for the ultrasound the ultrasound tech or the, i guess radiologist whoever interprets it says listen we found some nodules but it's very common to have nodules on your thyroid mm-hmm. you know whatever percentage of people have them don't panic but out of an abundance of caution right, let's-, let's send you for a biopsy mm-hmm. um and so i go to an endocrinologist who says to me listen don't panic We'll know within one pass of the needle. If it's yeah. clear, if the liquid I get out is clear, it'll right. we'll assume it's just a regular nodule. If it's not, you know, we'll we'll have a little bit of our indication. And I knew when she went in for that second and third pass of yeah. the needle that it wasn't good news. Yeah. Yeah. But it would have been so easy for me not to have made the first appointment for my doctor to say, I feel nothing. Yeah, yeah. And my blood work was fine too. And
0: also like, this is totally normal. Yes. Having
1: nodules is normal. So don't worry about it. Yes. Right. But as a result, I was two months postpartum, I think two months postpartum, maybe five months postpartum. I had an infant. Baby number? Baby number three. Okay. So here I am like managing a house, all uh-huh. these people with their needs. And I get a call before I drop a kid off to preschool one morning that I have, you know, papillary carcinoma. And I was like, carcinoma, that's cancer. That's cancer. And she's like, yes, yes, yes. She's like, stage one, stage one. And I was like, yes, but all I heard was carcinoma. Right, 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 right. Um, So there's more than one tie, whole thing. Um, long story short, I did have thyroid cancer. It did require um, a surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have no thyroid. I had my thyroid removed. I had the option of doing a partial thyroidectomy. And then the trick with that, the, the hope with that is that you wouldn't have to take any hormones, right? Mm-hmm. That your body would make enough, the part that was still there. Right. But you'd have a really hard time telling if there was regrowth because right. you couldn't tell if it was right. the part that was still left. So I said, no, no, take it all. I don't mind taking a pill the rest of my life. Right. I can live with that. Right. Um, So I, yeah, and that was it. I did not need to go through a radiation treatment after oh, that. Oh, wow. Um, Nothing else. And I go regularly for checkups and mm-hmm. have had no recurrence.
0: But like I said, abundance of caution, abundance of caution, abundance of, caution, abundance of caution.
1: So much hassle mm-hmm. later. Um, so I, at that point, I promptly looked at all of my benefits and preventive care and said, where else can you put a camera in my body? Mm-hmm. Where else can you stick one? What will my insurance cover? Yeah. Mammogram? You're not 40 yet. Yeah. I didn't care. I went yeah. for a mammogram. Yeah. Colonoscopy? You're not 55. I didn't care. Yeah. I went for, oh God, the doctor thought I was crazy when I came in. He's like, so because what are your you symptoms? you had to have been like 35, 30. I was early. Let's see. She was 2015. 33. 33. Yeah. 33. He's like, you have no symptoms and yeah. you're not 55. Why are you here? Yeah. Well, honestly, because yeah. I had no idea I had thyroid cancer right. and I'd like to know. I just want to cl- make sure it's all clear. Just check it. He's checking. Yep. Clear. I want to have a really good shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. And yeah, it was not that bad. I say that to say like, I don't know how, what your experiences are with mammograms and all of that, but are they comfortable? No. no. They the most fun way to
0: spend a day off? No. Are they terrible? No. So let's just be really honest with everyone. Women's doctor visits are never comfortable. No, they're not designed they're to be. They're not designed to be. It's like hoo ha's in the air.
1: Mm-hmm. So, 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 male doctor doesn't have to bend down, right? right? Like, or yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah.
0: stirrups and you know, cold metal, cold and... metal. Um, the mammogram, like, I am heading in for my third. I got a letter from my doctor recently that I need to go back again for a third. Imaging session Mm. for uh, the mammogram. So, like, I turned 40 in June of 22. 22. And so, I had one, I think, in December. And then I had another one. And now they said I need another one by like December, Hmm. by this month sometime. So, like, every six months, I'm going for imaging. Are they balancing this with the concern about radiation exposure? I don't know. I want you to ask your dad about that. I'm gonna ask uh, more than my dad about that. Yeah, yeah like yeah. my uncle is an oncologist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my people Uncle Oscar. My people made it out of high school. And actually, not all of them. Uh yeah, no, no. I don't have any doctors to call in the family. Oh, that's yeah. that's a useful that's it's extremely that could be the difference between a positive medical experience or not, in the same way your primary care mm-hmm. advocated for you for somebody mm-hmm. to know your doctor so-and-so's daughter mm-hmm. or cousin or niece. Oh,
0: I use that. You should even even to this day, I'm always telling people that my dad is a physician, mm-hmm. but I also, I'm a black woman, which you all know. Um, Wait, what? Well, found out. <laughs> um, and all, most of my doctors are black women as well. And one of the reasons I just dis- wanted to do that was for this
1: reason, right? So there's not this issue of, I don't, be- I don't believe you, or I'm, I'm second guessing your experience.
0: That was my assumption. Is that I assume that in having black female doctors that I would have less of that. Yeah. That yes. was that's the thinking. And has
1: that played out? Are you are you implying Aside it has from not, that yeah, one yeah.
0: Okay. allergist experience, which has what's totally been one eighty since I've saw seen her again. Yeah. It has been that. My son's um pediatrician, she's a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that my dentists my dentist is a black woman mm-hmm. or the dentist practice that we go to, uh, not for the kids, but for us, um, our primary care. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my, op, my uh, optometrist. Interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I can appreciate and understand that, especially when mm-hmm. you think about differential outcomes. My OBGYN. Oh, that was probably a critical choice. Absolutely. Um, uh-huh. Because maternal outcomes can be. For black women. For black women are, are, are. dismal. Not can be. They are. They are dismal. Mm -hmm. Yes. So knowing that someone believed you when you said you were in pain or something is not right Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. really important. Mm -hmm. Well, that doctor that I adored that really just in case extra mile for me Mm -hmm. uh, went into private practice, which is indicative of the system and and the fact that it does not make sense. She didn't want to spend five minutes per patient. She wanted to have more solid time, and so her practice does not accept insurance. She's like the boutique mm. firm, and like I get it, and I want that for her. I want that quality of life, but I want her for but me. I want you back. Yeah. So as a result, I took the the next person who came to the practice uh, is actually a woman of color. I very much liked her, and she diagnosed something in me because of her familiarity with something that her husband had. She said, "I know exactly what you have. This is when I developed the alpha gal syndrome, which is oh. from a tick bite." I was living on Benadryl mm-hmm. in April of 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing else was going what on in the world. My right. life was simple. Just started a new job. I'm homeschooling kids. Now I literally rashes. I didn't all even over my know body. you. No, you did not know me yet. Mm-mm. And was having like crazy tummy reactions, like oh, to goodness. things. Oh. And when I went in, she says, "Okay, let's try." In the meantime, while I get this blood work run, I want you to drop pork, beef, you mm-hmm. know, veal, all right. this stuff. And it was still happening. Mm-hmm. And she, came, she called me back, said the test was positive because I know – and you don't even think about this because yes. my husband has it. Yeah. Um. She says you need to drop dairy too. That's mm-hmm. why it's still been happening for you. Mm-hmm. So anyway, right. but her experience, her yes. life experience and knowing about something that was unusual was the difference in me being misdiagnosed yeah. or saying, sorry, you've just got to skin. just having to live. Skin. Yeah, right. Uh, it was a huge – it was huge. So – I look for providers with diverse life experiences as well. I try to avoid um, dudes as much as I can. There's some great dudes out there. Yeah, mine I've had some great dudes, but so not a doctor
0: Robert Salas. Okay,
1: this is going to be a little who's who in Baltimore, Maryland. No,
0: he's in California. Oh, this is my Growing doctor up. I grew up with. If you, if you're in the area, if you're in sports medicine, you know who Doctor Salas is. He, but he was a family practice sports medicine doctor. So he was my doctor for everything. Yes. Right. And um, I was spoiled rotten.
1: Mm, not wonderful. Mm-hmm.
0: I was spoiled rotten. And so, like, he was my doctor from the time I was 10 until I was 25 or 26. <laughs> I love that. Like, yeah. You didn't
1: graduate out like yeah, you did with a
0: pediatric, Right. Right. Because he, he had was a family sports practice and he was sports medicine. Smart, so he yes. was my doctor for like a super duper crazy long time to the point that when I fell off of my bike, and got a concussion in college, like, twenty fourteen. No, <gasps> post college. Mm-hmm.
1: Why don't mm-hmm. I knew about that?
0: Um, the doctor I saw here knew Doctor Salas because he was a sports medicine he is doctor.
1: The shit, yeah.
0: He, the doctor I saw here was a sports medicine doctor who specialized in like concussion, post concussion syndrome, blah 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 blah. And so he, we were, you know, I was going to see him often, and um. We were talk- we would talk, and he was like, "Oh, here, I I went to the lecture with Doctor Salas, and he's like the guy. Mm. That's yeah. awesome." Mm-hmm. I speaking of graduating
1: out and uh, a doctor you didn't want to leave. Growing up, I had a nurse practitioner for, in a pediatrics practice that I started seeing probably at about ten, <laughs> knowing like there's probably not that many more years left, maybe twelve, maybe twelve. Right. I hit seventeen. I hit eighteen. You're still seeing I would go to the counter, and they're like, "What's wrong with your child?" I'm All like, right. I'm, the I'm the child. I am the child. And funny story, she one day <laughs> saw me for something and said, hey, are you busy tonight? And I was like, what? She goes, I have a friend I'm supposed to hang out with. And her babysitter bailed. Any and- chance you want to babysit? And I met, that's how I met my people. The uh, family that I nanny no for. That way. I still to this day have this wonderful relationship with. It's her godchildren. And she, yeah, isn't that wild? But here I am. She's like, guess what? <laughs> i've got a need and you're old yeah yeah
0: you're old enough and since i see you often I know. i'm gonna you're do you a solid yeah i do you solid you can get some ten dollars an hour which deal. was a lot of money back, back, back in 1997 back, right, right and
1: uh yeah and you do me a solid because i don't want to cancel my plans with my friends isn't that funny that's so adorable so i eventually felt like okay they were judging me they thought i was teen mom every time yeah. i came up to the right counter so i you know mosey dawn yeah. went to the college health center whatever <laughs> for a while College Health Center, where they give you a bag of salt and say gargle, even if you have a broken arm. Oh, Those I places. went to Georgetown. We had a hospital. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> no. I went to a tiny little oh, state God. school. Stephanie, we
0: were like at a training medical facility. So when you went to the hospital there, it's like you had, you know, really oh my God. high quality doctors and, you know, they were training other, training people to be doctors. So you had medical students, doctors, oh residents.
1: Yeah. yeah, we literally had a health center that was underground, like in a bunk. It was,
0: yeah. we always no. joked, you just get a bag of salt. That's hilarious. It's kind you of got sad. You use infection
1: here's a bag of <laughs> salt. Whatever it is, it's just a bag of salt. Just oh, gargle, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll
0: be fine. <laughs> yep, you'll be fine.
1: So anyway. Yeah. Um, It's so important to advocate for yourself. It's so important to take preventive care seriously and do it regularly, even though yes. it's not fun. And
0: I'm talking to my people, especially my men. Preventative care is so critically important. Yeah, and I, I think there's, I, I, maybe I don't know. I would assume there's more
1: of a stigma for men to go and get well checks versus women. And, we have I so mean, many systems where things. You can know, wrong. in
0: like the black community, there's even more of a stigma because of uh, racist-ass America and testing on us. Yes, in yes. all kinds of ways. Without permission, Uh, yeah, failure in ethics, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so there has been like this intense, this very deep trauma of mistrust around um, medicine. I feel like that may be one of the reasons that my dad actually became Mm. a practitioner, a medical practitioner. Right, like my dad's, my dad's dad died before I was born. I think March the year that I was due, or you know that in eighty-two and uh he was a pillar of health i'm using air quotes right um and like to the point that like the nurses were swooning over him this in the, he, literally because he was a contractor he could still carry two two bags of cement you know mm. he was like a strong built uh man but he wasn't healthy like, appearing healthy, man. Appearing uh-huh. man but i don't think that he was going and getting you know it wasn't the same then in 82 but still there was like regular checks that you could be doing and you know it's like the south black much more south sex- yes. florida right florida yeah mm-hmm. yeah just like a different different thing so like wellness and going to the doctor is something that i know my dad has conversations with his peers about when covid was happening mm-hmm. he was like Talking to his friends, it, it was adorable. Like as physician or as, as friend? As both. Uh-huh. As like a medical professional. I
1: need you to know.
0: And a friend. And a man of faith. Right. He was like, look, I I I have you on all of these fronts, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I walk with you as my brother. I walk with you as my brother in, in Christ. Right. And I've known you for 60 years. Like, And his advice was the importance get, of that preventative Yeah, care. to go get the, to get vaccinated. But what? Oh, the vaccination. The vaccination Why? during COVID. Oh, because,
1: again, because of there, that intense the, mistrust. Yes.
0: So they, people weren't going and, but it was like, they're all of that age in their 60s that like they needed to have higher, risk. higher they were at higher risk. And so what was really beautiful that was happening is he was starting a movement in our like, greater community because he was having these really critical conversations mm. with other elders who were then sharing that information with people that they touched yes right and so expanding that trust and so um there were some people here who live here who like i'm really close to them one of the kids called me i called my dad and I was like, you need to call. And he did. And him making that phone call led to like all these other people, like his friend obviously mm-hmm. getting vaccinated, but also like they have a church. All these, they ha- were talking about it with medical facts yep. to their congregation, which, which is also almost all black. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm talking about? Like he had a little movement within the, this greater communities. He was having these really critical conversations. He with was people. using... His credibility mm-hmm. in all of those different and all ways, of those right? Different in his medical ways. role,
1: yes. in his in the connection to faith, and mm-hmm. the identity piece mm-hmm. to hold to provide this like chain of care. Yes, huh? Yeah. In our community, again, rural, underserved in a lot of ways. Um, the president of the NAACP in our local community received an award for her work on vaccination efforts. Yeah. because she recognized the vulnerability. She organized clinics, mm-hmm. organized through churches in our area. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. And mm-hmm. um, Wendy's a hero of mine and anyway. And similar
0: things were happening in Maryland where I live, um, where like a lot of, and we have the University of Maryland too. So it was like the University of Maryland was the hub of our vaccinations and stuff. But then they were dispatching to large churches that were Predominantly black or multicultural churches, and that's where you would go to get the vaccination. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to come to a hospital or to the campus. To you know, you can go to the a local church. Ours was the Parks and Rec gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
1: setting up there. Yep, yep. same kind of idea. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that community infrastructure was, mm-hmm. I think, really critical mm-hmm. for friends to approach friends or people mm-hmm. that they knew in order to to, to feel more comfortable and have mm-hmm. their concerns relieved. Mm-hmm. I get that.
0: And as we're like moving into a new year, it's like thinking about our health, like the healthy looking, right? Mm. So like I got the comment, oh, yeah, but your weight's fine. It's in the right, right range. But I don't know if it's fine. Well, and right range does not mean right for you. Right,
1: right. It's like of like, people I'm my at, age like, and height is not necessarily. I'm like
0: it. This is what I weighed in college.
1: Yeah, that's that's. I mean, I'm not trying to make light.
0: No, like, that's, that's bonkers. That's wild. That's
1: yes, bonkers. Yes,
0: I have not weighed this little <laughs> in well over ten years. Hmm.
1: Can I, okay, I want to bring up something connected to this is this idea of assumptions about health, mm-hmm. the assumption that tiny equals healthy yeah. and large equals unhealthy Yes, and how that, I mean, as someone occupying a larger body and trying to make healthy choices for my life as best I can, you know, again, is there room for improvement? Always. Mm-hmm. Um, I will never forget after I had, I want to say my second baby, maybe my third, I went for a checkup with my OB who had delivered, you know, the six week, all of that. And then maybe even the first annual after following, and she made a comment to me, and she intended it to be motivating, but it was something along the lines of, "I have noticed you're you're tr- starting to trend up weight wise, and you need to come back here. Don't come back here next year, and, and unless you've lost what? twenty pounds, I don't know if it was don't come back here or I don't want to see you any any heavier. I want to see you twenty pounds lighter by next year. No, and guess who didn't make that next appointment? Yeah, exactly. As I watched the scale take right, up. like. I was mortified. Poop so I've shit. shared that with my subsequent primary care providers to say, not to say we can't talk about this, but I need you to know that the assumptions are made that it's entirely my behavior. Right. Something within my control. Right. You know, forget that I've had thyroid cancer and right. my hormones are... Yeah. <laughs> forget that I, you know, manage certain amounts of stress and right. we cook from home. We, I mean, we're not... Anyway, it is hard it is hard. I mean, it's just hard walking through walking through that and the assumptions. And I know that in the same way that no one is absolved of, you know, negative forces. Like I know that I've looked at other people who maybe are larger than me and made assumptions. Yeah, um, which is not right either. So yeah. I just want to say that I'm not immune or above. But that. there
0: is an obsession in our society around size yes. and like for women, desirability, it's desirability, all and all of these things, and. And also as as moms, like new moms, not as new moms, veteran moms, rookie moms, whatever. It's our bodies go through a lot. Right. And so first off, postpartum lasts like seven years. Mm -hmm. And so you had three kids in four years.
1: And nursing and pregnancy, right? So it was. You're still in postpartum. <laughs> I'll take that as long as possible. <laughs> I'm post something. Post something. I'm uh-huh. post sanity. That's right. What I like am. for
0: real. Yeah. So it's, I mean, if you just, just think about, let's, like, let's just talk about motherhood for just a quick, brief moment and what our bodies have to do, how much movement takes place inside of our bodies in order to create room for humans and how long it takes for that movement to happen for the human to be created and then how long it takes for it your body to return everything back to where it belongs right and all of the things that are happening while that's happening yes right and so the expectation that or the assumption that's petiteness or smallness is equal to healthy makes zero sense when half of the population or half of half of the population is producing people.
1: <laughs> that's a really that's an interesting frame. Yeah, you're right. Think about what. Yeah, well, and and BMI and all these things are designed around the male body, right? Right. Not the female body that has you boobies know boobies
0: and booties extra and things. Yeah, extra right. Things exactly. Yeah. And BMI is like actually not good information. So don't put any, a lot of weight around your BMI. Like that is not. Is that a pun?
1: Don't put any weight on your BMI. Don't put any weight on your BMI.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like, worry about your blood work.
1: Yeah, Worry about your blood work. Yes. You, my cholesterol is beautiful. Yeah. My blood work is beautiful. My, my blood pressure is cholesterol is a little beautiful. high. Ah! See? And I don't want that for you. Right. That's not like But my cholesterol point. is a little high. And yes. my
0: cholesterol is high because I eat meats and things, right? And it runs in my family.
1: And it right. does not run in my family. No one in my family has cholesterol problems. Right. Like, no, it's not right. been a thing.
0: Yeah. So again,
1: assumptions, if you put the two of us next to each other, which we can do because we're in the same <laughs> room, um, if you put ourselves, put us next to each other and, and said, like, make some inferences, mm-hmm. you can make, again, if you had to guess who had cholesterol problems, I have a feeling you'd probably guess me.
0: But you might guess me because that may be more prevalent in the Black yeah. community. Than in, like, it may be more like high blood pressure, hypertension, like some of those things, right? Yep. Um, Diabetes. Yeah. Who's the cancer
1: survivor? Mm -hmm. Who's the right? Right.
0: Right. Right. So, what are our takeaways? Well, first takeaway is that preventative care is critical and important. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't done your annual checkup, go. This is your reminder. This is your reminder. You were waiting for a sign? Here it is. This is your sign. Go, 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 go. Mental health is also Also critically important and is also health. So when we're talking about your health, we're talking about your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health. Yes. Right. Your well-being overall. Uh, But go to the doctor, get blood work and and advocate for yourself. Yes. Like write down the things that you that have been coming up for you that you want to talk about. Yes. And if you're not satisfied, like I was willing to leave and I probably shouldn't have been willing to leave because I was just kind of over it. But if you're not satisfied, stay. The persistence of my doctor helped me to stay. And, so, and oftentimes you don't get that persistence, mm-hmm. right? Like I didn't get that persistence in my first experience with her. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's writing down the things that are of concern and advocating for yourself, mm-hmm. right? And, and to that point
1: about writing things down, I mean, having data, as bringing as much data right. as you can. And by that, I right. don't necessarily mean charts and graphs, but like plotting your cycle or, right. You know, noticing food journals or whatever it right. is that can right. help create a full picture. Right. So that way it's not brushed off as, well, it's probably this. Right. Well, actually, according to, it's, it's not that right. I've been doing this, this, and this. Exactly. And I'm not saying you're wrong, doc, but like here, let's enter,
0: hey, enter let new, new information. Exactly. Let's layer mm-hmm. this. And the food journaling thing actually is a really great example. Any kind of documentation does not have to be Forever, it doesn't have to be comprehensive. It's like for one week. This is what I'm going to do. I'm yep. going to just like write down the things that I'm eating, and if my body has some sort yeah, of yeah, what
1: are my triggers? What mm-hmm. are my yes, absolutely mm-hmm. ma- notice, and that's it too. It's it's bringing greater awareness mm-hmm. to our bodies. Mm-hmm. I know, especially as moms and working moms, and moms, you know, just in. This post post apocalyptic whatever the heck we're in mm, right now, like mm-hmm. there are so many things to worry and be sad and stress about. Yeah, that paying attention to what's going on in our own body is very easy to push back on yeah. the back burner. And yeah, we need to be paid. The noticing is important. Mm-hmm. The checking in with your body. The thinking about how am I feeling. Right. What is that that I'm feeling? And that's does that feel right?
0: If it doesn't feel right, write it down. Yes. Yep. Right. It's like I was walking around with. Ass pain, or you know, sitting down with ass <laughs> pain, yes, and pain, the ass, it's pain like a straight pain in the ass. <laughs> and it was just, it got to a point where I was like, okay, this something about this isn't right. So, my first step was I emailed my OB, yep, and I was like, hey, I have this thing, this pain. I was thinking it might be this, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? And her response was. Uh, make an appointment with your primary care. GP,
1: I was going to ask where she sent you. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Make an appointment with your primary care because they will assess what it is. And if you have to go to To a specialist specialist or somebody else, they can dispatch you to that.
1: Yeah. So find a provider Mm -hmm. that believes you and listens to you
0: and is willing to... And keep shopping, right? Like I'm going to be shopping. The thing about it... So I. the thing about it is the doctor patient relationship is a relationship which means you can break up <laughs> right you can break up yeah. you can leave that relationship yeah. one and two you are equal members of the relationship so the doctor has expertise in medical things you but you've been living you. in your body your whole life yes yes mm-hmm. so don't don't uh, don't discount that. Don't value discount that, that value you that you bring, having lived in your body your whole life.
1: Yes, yes. To that point, I also want to remind myself, and maybe other people listening to, is that needing to be kind to our own bodies.
0: You know, mm-hmm. not just
1: in our treatment of them in spa day, and I don't mean any mm-hmm. of that. I mean much more of like being grateful for what your body
0: mm-hmm.
1: has done for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know that you can bring new life into the world, that you have overcome an illness, that your body, you've gotten through the pandemic if you're listening to this, right? Your body has done that for you Yeah, and your body is your chicken to be here.
0: Right. That you can put your feet on the floor in the morning Yeah,
1: or you can. Yeah. Move. Yeah. Celebrate what your body can do. Celebrate
0: what your body can do. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and pay attention when it's doing things differently than what it has done. Mm Mm-hmm. Notice, like you keep saying, notice. Like today,
1: when I had a double shot of espresso and a coffee, and yeah. I haven't had it in coffee in years, and my body said, "Ow!" Ha! ha ah. <laughs> Restroom.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: needed it for the drive up yeah. here, but um, won't we'll be doing that again anytime mm, soon. Mm, mm, um, mm. Thanks for sharing. I appreciate it.
0: Oh yeah, I, I'm all happy to share about my pain in the
1: ass. <laughs> <laughs> we won't name it yet, right? <laughs> Some days we can name them, but not today. I- Oh, well, I think I did. Did I not say? Did you want to name it? Did I
0: have a little cyst? Oh no, no, no! I meant like give it a name, like Josh. Oh, sh- you want to know something that's so funny? <laughs> what? Bob. One of my old teammates from college had a little cyst on her knee. I think,
1: and she named it Bob. And it was did she named, put a draw a little face on it. It was named
0: Bob. No, she didn't draw a face on it, but it was Bob. We we all called it by its name. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I did
1: not name my tumor mm-hmm. for the record. Yeah, that's amazing.
0: Bob. That's amazing. I'm almost certain it was Bob. Well,
1: mm-hmm. I bet she remember. Yeah. Let's ask yeah. her. I'll at least her. ask her. Um, no, I think, uh, and I also want to call attention to, I know we were trying to wrap, um, medical justice too, mm. right? The fact that access to care is not something that is universal. Right. And we don't have to accept that right. as the way things are. Most countries don't. Right. And yet here we are assuming it's just, well, what a shame.
0: Yeah. No, not What a shame. Something we to do something about it. And people are suffering so much from that. Like, you, no one no one in this land of the free should be... Did you
1: use air quotes? You want to put air
0: quotes up? Mm. I do. Yeah. Uh, you saw how I looked around. I know. Um, Bueller, Bob. Bueller, Bob Bob, Bob. 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 But no one should be one medical bill away from losing their home, their car, their... The food that... Like, that... That... that construct is like mind boggling Mm -hmm. yes that like you are one injury one incident incident away from not only having to deal with the medical thing that you now have to deal with but you also don't have a home Mm -hmm. yeah we don't need to accept
1: this as the way things yeah. need to be. I just want to – it's one of those like pause, like you realize we're making assumptions. Yeah. Like we as Americans make assumptions every day right. that this is just what it is or maybe this is the best system in the world or the best it's going to be. It is not and it can be better. Love it, it. Yeah. yeah.
0: It can be so much it better. And there are be examples
1: of what it can look like. Mm-hmm. That's the part. I am right. not the policy expert on how to get us there except to say – we need to trust people that are, and there, there is a price tag to these things, but I would much rather be investing money on this than a lot of other things we prioritize on our budget. Right. So um, again, just awareness and trying to normalize that conversation is something I'd like to call attention yeah, to. Yeah.
0: And like the, the inconsistency of care and the lack of adequate care has so many implications that are based on income based on race,
1: Rurality. based
0: on location, yes. geographical location. Um, and that just simply should not be the case. Like no. that just shouldn't, shouldn't be the case. When we work at an organization that is figuring out solutions to reduce the carbon dioxide footprint in our world, in our environment, then I feel like Call me crazy. Should be possible (laughs) to have a healthcare system where insulin doesn't cost two thousand dollars.
1: I think uh, to boil it all down, in my view, it's about this worry about us and mine and what you know, what is mine and what I deserve and what other people don't. And I think that's actually one of the very negative downsides to this to American individualism, white
0: supremacy culture. Agree.
1: (laughs) Yeah, is if we could see everyone as equally as worthy and human and fully human. And we know what our own experiences are. If we wanted to extend that to every person, even people that don't look like us, live like, you know, whatever it is like us, we would be in so much better of a place. I think that thinking, that culture, that mindset can be such a trap for us from seeing about what could be.
0: Yeah. And we're sold bullshit. Like we're literally just spoon fed bullshit, right? Like we have a recruitment problem in our armed forces why because we send brown and black kids over there promising them some sort of access to the american dream and then they come home and don't have anything
1: mm-hmm.
0: right like it's that's just bullshit right we we're told that you know we live in the land of the free yet you go across the bridge and there are tent cities everywhere mhm right like we are where we can't afford healthcare for everyone healthcare housing like but we have billions we to spend over the and state and we have billionaires and we have billionaires that are paying
1: much less in taxes than you and me that's there there's the there's the spoon come on now yep i say this to say i just want to end with this we do not need to assist. Don't get me started. You didn't mm. me started, Laura. And I started, I, I, pulled the, I pulled the gas, the gas, uh, what is it? Like I started the Like the gas engine, and yeah. I let it go. And the tank is full.
0: <clears throat> <clears throat> um,
1: I say that all this to say we need to normalize conversations where we question what's possible because it's very fucking possible.
0: It is very possible. And people shouldn't have to move to other countries to have access to what is 100% possible here.
1: Yes, right. with like, some of the best institutions to train some of the our best. doctors. Exactly, and,
0: right? Yes. Some of like, you're right.
1: So take care of you. Listen to your body. Find you a good provider. Give yourself some notes in your notes apps. In you go in ready. Z- z- zaps. And start talking about this. Talk about what matters. Make the world more just. Yep. I'm Corey. I'm Laura. See you next time. Take care. Make Bye. your appointments. <laughs> Save the tatas.
0: Thank you for listening to Pushing Past Polite. We encourage you to go deeper in your trusted spaces or find new space for good conversation. You'll find content to help you get started on our social media channels. We're at
1: Pushing Past Polite on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.
0: Pushing Past Polite is an independent podcast with Corey and Laura from Just Educators. Our cover art was designed by Rachel Welsh DeIga of DeIga Designs.
1: And our audio is produced by Keith at Headset Media. Until next time, don't get stuck talking about the weather. Push past polite. See you next time.